learn from it. Lord, and I, I do believe, and the Bible teaches that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And I believe that Joshua chapter 4 is in the Bible for a reason and we can learn from it. And Lord, I pray You'd help us as we just take a few pointers from the Scriptures tonight. I pray You'd help us to learn from it, Lord, and apply it to our lives. In Your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Joshua chapter 4. And if you remember from last Sunday night, in Joshua chapter number 3, the children of Israel began to cross the Jordan. And if you remember that, they had to really, literally, step out by faith. When God asked the priest, while holding the ark, to, if you remember the terminology that the Bible used was, to rest their foot, to put their weight of their body and the ark that they were carrying on the water of Jordan. And literally as their foot dipped into the water, God stopped the Jordan River and the Bible tells us that they passed on dry ground. And He made a miracle for them there as they crossed in from the wilderness where they had spent 40 years wandering and now going into Canaan land, into the promised land that God had promised them. Now what you need to understand about Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4 is that where we left off in chapter 3, the children of Israel are crossing the Jordan. In chapter 4, we see the end of that crossing the Jordan River. And that's where we pick up tonight. God parted the Jordan River for them. The children of Israel, as chapter 4 begins, obviously in the context of where chapter 3 ends, we find the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant in the midst of the Jordan River. And you need to understand just the type of miracle that was this was. That God would stop a river from flowing to allow His people to come through. And the priest with the Ark of the Covenant are uh, smack down in the center of that river as the children of Israel are passing through. If you look at verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan. So now the people have crossed the Jordan and they're on the the other side of the Jordan River, the Bible says that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, so when the children of Israel cross the Jordan River, God speaks to Joshua. Here's what He tells them. Look at verse 2. He says, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe of man. So you know that there are 12 tribes of Israel, and God said, I want you to take a man from every tribe. I want you to take 12 men that represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Look at verse 3. And command ye them, saying, notice, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan. That word midst there means in the middle. God says, I'm glad the children of Israel passed over. But He said, before the Levites and the priests continue processing themselves. And he says, before I bring the water back, he said, I want you to do something. He said, I want you to grab 12 men, one man from each of the tribes, and I want you to go down to the middle of the Jordan River there, and I want every man to grab a stone. Look at verse 3. And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, where ye shall lodge this night. Look at verse 4. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of, a tri- out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of Jordan. Notice he says, I want you to go in the middle of Jordan, 
And take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And you say, why is God asking twelve men to pick up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan River and bring it out with them? The answer you find in verse number 5. And Joshua said unto them, I'm sorry, verse number 6. Notice what he says. He says, the reason I'm asking you to grab 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan and bring it out with us, verse 6 he says, that this may be a sign among you. That when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? That ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it is passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. See, before God finishes this great miracle of allowing the Jordan River to continue on, God says, I want you to do something. And He begins to teach us about this concept of setting up a memorial. And the first thing that God says is, I want you to place a memorial. He said, and the memorial that you're going to place is you're going to grab 12 stones from the center of the Jordan River. You're going to bring it with you and you're going to plant them in the land that you're going to sleep tonight in Gilgal. You're going to set up 12 stones and you're going to make an altar. You're going to make a memorial. You're going you're, you're, you're to set those 12 stones up. You say, God, why is it you want us to set up 12 stones? He says, I want you to set up those stones for a sign. He says, I want these stones to be a memorial. And he says that when your children ask this question, what mean ye by these stones? When children from the next generation, people that did not see the Jordan River uh, uh, be parted, people that did not cross the Jordan River, Joshua, he says, children that have not even been born yet, when they come down to the Jordan River, maybe to play a little bit, or maybe to do a little fishing, or maybe to just uh, get down in the water and play, or whatever they did. He said, when, they, when people are passing by this Jordan River, and they see these 12 stones stacked together right at the edge, and they ask, what are these stones about? What, who did this? He said, you'll have an opportunity to tell them about the power of God and what God did on that day. And what you need to understand is that God often works with this concept or this idea of setting up a memorial. Keep your finger there in Joshua chapter 4. But real quickly, go to the book of Proverbs with me. Proverbs chapter number 22. You find this concept all throughout Scripture. Proverbs chapter number 22. In Proverbs 22, now I understand that this is a little different. It's not exactly like the memorial that Joshua had set up. But in, in Joshua chapter number 22... If you look at, I'm sorry, did I say Joshua? Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter number 22. Look at verse number 28. Proverbs chapter number 22. If you look at verse number 28, the Bible says, Remove not the ancient landmarks. You see that? He says, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. See, the Bible teaches us concept. The children of Israel were supposed to, as they crossed the Jordan River, what they were doing was they were setting a landmark, they were setting a, a, a sign there, something visible that people could see, and they would be able to say, and look back at the stones and say, this is a memorial, this is a way we remember that God did a mighty work. And the children of Israel here in Proverbs were told when they were given a land, which was the land of Canaan land, it was an inheritance to them. And they were to take and mark their land. 
They were to go and, and, and put something in that land as a landmark, and they were told to not remove the ancient landmarks, because those marks were there to show them, hey, this is the land that God gave us. Go to Proverbs real quickly, Proverbs chapter 23, look at verse 10. Proverbs 23 and verse 10, the Bible says, Remove not the old landmarks, and then enter not into the fields of the fatherless. This concept of setting up memorials and this concept of setting up landmarks is something that's found all throughout Scripture. And the reason for it is to remind you, is to show you where you've already been. See, this is a picture. You say, today are we to set up memorials? Yes. I believe today that you and I in our lives ought to be working and setting up landmarks and setting up memorials and setting up things in our lives. We're not talking about physical stones today, but there are things that we ought to be building. There are things that we ought to be working at. There are things that when you and I are gone, when one of my sons, Lord willing, is pastoring Verity Baptist Church when I die, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pastoring till I till I drop dead. All right. I mean, if you if you come here, you know, Lord willing, if I uh, my wife keeps me eating healthy, uh, and, and you know, and I and I can and I can figure out how to wean myself off the Coca Cola, then Lord willing, I'll be preaching till I'm 91 years old. If you come. To Verity Baptist Church a hundred years from now, I, I would I, I would be so proud if one of my sons was standing behind this pulpit or any just man of God standing behind this pulpit. But let me tell you something. When I'm gone and when you're gone, when we're no longer here, when my grandchildren are pastoring this church or my great-grandchildren are, are, are in the choir at Verity Baptist Church, I would hope that there would be something they can look back at and say, Hey, what do you mean by these things here? You understand what I'm saying? People ought to be able to look at I, I hope that one day, a hundred years from now, or a hundred and fifty years from now, there, there's, a, there's a wall filled with plaques that says nine chapters a day. And my great-grandchildren look back and say, wow, look at that. Back in 2010 and in 2011, Grandpa read nine chapters a day in the month of January. I'm saying there ought to be things in our lives, memorials we are setting up, that when the next generation asks, what mean you by these stones? You can tell them about the goodness of God. And you can tell them about the power of God. And you can tell them about the things that God did in your life. That was the purpose of these stones. Now I want you to understand that there was two types of memorials that Joshua was supposed to make. We talked, number one, about just the placing of a memorial. But number two, I'd like you to see the private memorial. The private memorial. Look at verse number eight. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan. Now I want you to understand this. They got stones from an area that they would not be able to, t- to get out of unless God did it. You understand that? There's no way that you and I could go in the middle of a river and grab twelve stones to make a memorial. They couldn't do it for sure. You know, maybe today with scuba gear or something like that. But these people were able to grab these stones from the middle of Jordan because God performed a miracle. And the Bible says in verse 8, let's read it again. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. So they, I want you to follow this. They go down to the middle of the river, they grab twelve stones, and they carry them out of the river, and they lay them down. Okay, you with me? Look at verse 9 though. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan. Do you see that? 
in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. Now, unto this day is referring to the day that this was written by Joshua. But here's what I want you to say. Somebody, I remember a long time ago we were playing a Bible game or a Bible quiz and this woman was trying to argue with me about how many altars there were that Joshua and I was thinking to myself, you just need to read your Bible. But the Bible is very clear there that there was two altars that were made that day. Look at verse 9 again. And Joshua set up twelve stones. Where did he set up the twelve stones? In the midst of Jordan. Do you see that? In the place where the feet priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. Why does the writer of the book of Joshua, which I believe is Joshua, have to tell us that the stones in the midst of Jordan are still unto this day? Well, I'll explain to you why they have to tell us that. Because when the Jordan River, and we'll read about it here in a second, when the priests left, the waters rushed back, and guess what? Nobody can see that altar. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is a private altar. That is a secret memorial. Nobody can see that. You say, well, what, what is that about? Why did they put a memorial that no man can see? Why would they put a memorial that, that nobody uh, uh, sees there? Keep your finger there in Joshua, but go to the book of Matthew real quickly. See, today, as a New Testament believer, the memorial, and yes, Lord willing, we will leave physical things that people will look at, you know, and, and Lord willing, they'll, they'll see the nine chapters of the day plaque, and they'll see whatever, but you know, the truth of the matter is that the memorial that you ought to be working on is your life. It's you. So what should I be building for the glory of God? I want to build an altar. I want to build a memorial. I want to leave something that people could look at and that they might see the power of God. What can we build, Pastor? Should we get 12 boulders and build an altar? Well, that might be cool. But really what you ought to be working on is yourself. And what God is teaching us here is He says, I want you to put an altar, but He said, I want you to put it in the middle of the river where nobody can see it. And you think to yourself, well, what's the point of that? Nobody's going to see it. But see, what you need to understand is as you're working on your memorial, your life, there's a lot of secret work that's going to get done that nobody's ever going to see. You understand that? Are you there in Matthew chapter 6? Look at verse number 4 real quickly. Look what it says. Well, look at verse 3. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3. He says, but when thou doest alms, now I'm not preaching on money tonight, but that word alms there, it's not a tithe or an offering. An alms is something you give in charity. It's, it's something you give to the poor. And he says, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. Do you see that? God says, if you're going to do something kind, you're going to give somebody charity, you're going to give to the poor, he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He said, I want you to do it secretly. Now notice, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Look at verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What's their reward? They've been seen of men. Look at verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Skip down to verse number 16. Look what it says. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces 
that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Throughout, the, throughout this passage, you find the Lord Jesus Christ teaching. And here's what you need to understand. The Christian life, honestly, often... Well, actually, just go real quickly to First Peter. First Peter. Let's go to First Peter and then I'll make a few comments. First Peter chapter number 3. Towards the end of your New Testament there. First Peter chapter number 3. Look at verse number 3. Now this is... The context of this is for women. So this is why it's applicable to women. But we know that it's, it's talking to women, I should say, but it's applicable to all of us. And I want you to see, in First Peter chapter number 3, look at verse number 3. First Peter chapter number 3, verse 3, the Bible says, Who's adorning? Now understand, this is talking to women, but it is applicable to men and women. It says, Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing gold and of putting of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. Now please understand me. I don't believe this passage is teaching that you ought to... I believe you ought to take care of yourself and you ought to look nice. You, you ought to take, uh, you know... Pride in the way you look, don't, and we're using the word pride in the, in the proper sense. Please understand that. But what God is saying here is that our number one goal should not be the exterior, what people see. He says, you ought to spend more time working on the inside than on the outside. He said, you ought to spend more time working on the hidden man of the heart. Now the problem with the hidden man is that he's a hidden man. Nobody sees him. We talked about recently on Wednesday nights about the inner man, the inward man versus the flesh. Do you remember that? See, I believe that the memorial that Joshua set up in the middle of the river there that nobody sees is a picture of the inward work, the secret work. Now see, the, the truth of the matter is, you don't know how much time Pastor Menace spends on his knees in prayer. You don't know how much time I spend in Bible reading. You don't know how much time I spend listening to the Bible. You don't know how much time I spend memorizing the Bible. And by the way, I don't know how much time you spend in Bible reading. I don't know how much, you time, how much time you spend in prayer and working in those things. That is a secret work. But if you're going to leave a memorial of your life, you're going to have to learn. You say, see, all of us want to build the altar that everybody sees. All of us want to be up in front of the crowd and, and, every, and we want everybody to say, look at me and look at what I do and look at this altar. But before, please understand this, before Joshua set up an altar that everybody could see, he set up an altar that nobody could see. And if you're going to leave a legacy and you're going to leave a life and you're going to leave a memorial and there are going to be children and grandchildren and there are going to be converts and there are going to be people, I hope that when I die, there'll be people that I'm related working on the inner man that nobody can see. The secret man that nobody can see. See, inner strength truly comes from that hidden man. 
Before Joshua set up the pillars that everybody would see one day, he set up 12 stones in the middle of a river that nobody would see. But Joshua knew they were there. And God knew they were there. And at the end of the day, as long as God knows what you're doing, that's all that matters. Sometimes we get so wound up and think, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and nobody appreciates it, nobody sees it, nobody comes, nobody, you prepare their sermon and people, you go out so many, nobody, hey, God sees you. God sees the secret. God sees the hidden man. That's all that matters. So well, I spent all this time in prayer and nobody sees it. Yes, but your father which seeth in secret will reward the open. See, I don't want to be like the Pharisees that I get rewarded because you saw me. I don't want to fast for a day. And look, it's hard to fast when you're not, you know. If God would have said you can fast for 40 days, but you can drink a Coke, man, I, I could do that. You know what I mean? It's hard for me. <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm a little addicted to Coca-Cola right now. I need to wean it off. When you start injecting it into your bloodstream, that's probably not a good sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't want to waste a day of fasting because I told you about it. Because as soon as I tell you, hey brother, I've been fasting. Ten minutes. <laughs> hey, I just lost my reward. That's why he said, don't be like those hypocrites. They walk in, what's wrong with you? I've been fasting. <laughs> he says, hey, look, if you're fasting, he said, wash your face, put a little gel on your hair. He said, don't let anybody know you're fasting. Why? Because he says, you need to be working on the secret man. On the hidden man. On the inner man. Someone said to me once, make sure you have short public prayers Long, private prayers. Now, I tell the guys jokingly, if I ask you to pray at church, make sure you pray long enough that it allows me to get out the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, sometimes you ask, you know, and we've never had this problem at our church, but I've been to churches before where the pastors say, Brother so-and-so, would you stand up and preach? And they get up and they, and, and I mean, it's like they pre-preach their own sermon. You know what I mean? Oh, Heavenly Father. And, and, and what they're doing is they're just showing up. See, the, the work of a Christian is that inward work, that secret work, that setting up of an altar that nobody sees but God. Go back to Joshua chapter 4 real quickly. We said number one, God told them to place an altar. Number two, they placed a private memorial. They placed a private altar that nobody saw. But number three, I want you to see that they did place a public memorial. Look at verse 15. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that they bear the ark of the testimony, that they come up out of the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. So as soon as the priest stepped out of the Jordan, God allows the water to just come rushing back. Look at verse 19. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. Look at verse 20. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. You've got two memorials. A private memorial that nobody sees. But after the private memorial that nobody sees is set up, 
there is a public memorial that people can see. You, I asked you to go to Matthew. I didn't tell you to keep your finger there. I apologize. But go back to Matthew real quickly. Matthew chapter number 5. Today you have these neo-evangelical, super, hyper, spiritual, and don't misunderstand when I say that, because I do believe we ought to be spiritual. But today you have these Christians that want to throw away the Word of God, and they don't really care what the Word of God says, and they'll say, it doesn't matter how you live your life, it doesn't matter how you look, it doesn't matter how you act, as long as in your heart you love God, the rest doesn't matter. Now listen to me. The hypocrite says, all that matters is your outside and your inside doesn't matter. Jesus called them, He said, you whited sepulchers. He said, you are hypocrites. He said, you only care about the outside, but you don't care about the inside. Hey, that's wrong. But to only care about the inside and not care about the outside is equally as wrong. God expects two altars, two memorials in your life. A private memorial and a public memorial. Are you there in Matthew chapter 5? Look at verse 16. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. He said, let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works. Why? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. He said, you ought to live a life that people can see. You ought to live a life in a way. You ought to live your life where your life is a light that shines and people see it. And they, and they see your good works. And they glorify your Father. Hey, you ought to live your life in a way. What to God that everybody who came to Verity Baptist Church after a month of being here or two months of being here or six months of being here or a year of being here that people would see your life and say, wow, I can see a difference in your life. I can see a change in, in the way you act or the way you respond or the way you, you do. Man, before you would have acted like this in that situation. But now, man, you're acting with grace. You're acting with kindness. You're acting with love. Where did that public outshowing of love come from? It came from an inside work in your heart. You first set up a private altar. And then God allows you to set up a public altar. He said that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in it. Go back to Joshua chapter 4. We're almost done. I told you I don't want to preach very long tonight. I'd like you to very quickly see. We, saw, we said number one, we talked about the placing of an altar. Number two, we talked about a private altar. Number three, we talked about a public altar. Number four, I just real quickly want to talk to you about the purpose of an altar. The purpose of the, of the memorial there. And we already saw it, but I want you to see it real quickly again. Look at verse 6 again. That this may be a sign among you, Joshua chapter 4, verse 6, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be... For a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Skip down to verse number 21. Look at what it says. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which you dried up from before us until we were gone over. Look at verse 24. Here's the purpose of the memorial, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. 
that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. The purpose of the memorial is to show the work that God is doing in your life. And by the way, the purpose of the memorial, the Bible uses that word memorial, it comes from the same word, obviously, as memory, or to remind you. The purpose of a landmark was to remind you about what God did, but not only was it to remind you about what God did, but it was to remind you of where God brought you. If you remember as you are reading the Old Testament, Lord willing, this year, if you remember in the book of Exodus and in the book of Deuteronomy, as the children of Israel, before Joshua took over, before the next generation took over, before they went into Canaan land, when they're wandering there, those rebellious people, the stiff-necked people that Moses had to deal with, do you remember what they kept saying over and over and over again? They kept saying, we want to go back to Egypt. Make us a captain and take us back to Egypt. They kept saying, we want to go back to the world. We don't want to live in this world. We're tired of this manna. We're tired of this. We're tired of that. We're tired of Moses. Take us back to Egypt. You know why I believe one of the purposes of the memorial was there in Jordan? So when the children of Israel came back to that place, and maybe some of them were thinking, I wonder how it was back in Egypt. They would see that memorial there and remember, no, God brought us out of Egypt. God brought us out of the wilderness. God brought us over this Jordan into the promised land. This is where God wants us. What to God some of you tonight would make a decision to make some landmarks and make some memorials in your life? I believe one of the biggest issues we have with Christianity today is that none of us make uh, uh, just a memorial and take a stand and make a decision. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You ought to make some decisions in your life and set up some memorials in your life and make some choices and listen to me. Do not reopen those decisions. you understand what I'm saying? When I decided that I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, I'm not constantly doubting that. I'm not reopening that for conversation. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not reopening that for debate. I've already made a stand. I studied it out. I looked at it. I made my decision. I set up an altar and it is there. And whenever I have to think about it, whenever somebody questions me about it, I look at at my memorial that's set up in my heart and I've already decided, hey, I believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. It's not up for debate. You say, you know, there ought to be things in your life. I don't, I, I don't debate. Well, do we believe? Is eternal security correct? No. I've already studied it out. I've already decided what I believe. And when you make a choice, hey, just cement it in your mind, cement it in your life, set up a memorial. And when you go back, you see that and you realize, we're not questioning that. We've already made that decision. Hey, I've already decided I'm going to be in church. Hey, you know what helped your church attendance? If you just decide in your heart, I will be in church on Sunday morning. See, the reason that a lot of us skip out on church a lot is because you wait till Sunday morning to decide whether you're going to go to church on Sunday morning. Well, if you wait, if you wait till the moment you're in bed, warm, <laughs> to decide whether you're going to go to church or not, guess what? Oftentimes, your flesh is going to win. But if you just decide, you just make a decision right now, I'm going to be in church on Sunday morning, Unless I'm just physically unable to be here, I will be in church on Sunday morning. Or I will be in church on Sunday night. Or I will be in church on Wednesday night. Or I will read my Bible every day. Or I will spend time in prayer every day. Or I will be out soul winning every week. Or whatever it is, you've got to make those decisions and then don't reopen them. Just say, that's already done. 
We've crossed the Jordan. We're not, we're not going to go back and try. Well, do you think that was a good thing that we crossed the Jordan? Should we maybe go back? That's how most of us live our Christian lives. Should you think we should go back to Egypt? You think we should go back to the bar? I know, I know we left the bar, you know, and we left that world three years ago, but I'm starting to think, you know, maybe we should go back. No, cement that in your mind and don't even think about it anymore. Make some decisions in your mind and decide, hey, just decide tonight, I'm a Baptist. I'm not reopening that. I'm not debating, should we change the name of the church to Verity Community Church? No. I've made that decision, it's done. I'm walking away from it. You understand what I'm saying? That's how you should live your life. But the only way you can do that is by setting up memorials in your life that will remind you of the decisions you've made, that will remind you of the places God brought you, that will remind you of the work that God has already done in your heart. And then you can just say, then you don't have to say, well, what do we think about that? My children don't wake up on Sunday morning and think, I've never had any of my kids ask, are we going to church on Sunday? They know we're going to church on Sunday. My kids wake up on Monday and think, is it church today, Dad? No, we went to church yesterday. Oh, okay, once church again. <clears throat> Why? Because it's not up for debate. It's not up for question. We need to live our lives setting up memorials. Look at verse 24 again. And by the way, I think one of the memorials that we should be working to build is this church. Wouldn't it be great if somebody said about Verity Baptist Church that the reason it was here was that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. Hey, wouldn't it be amazing if 20, 30 years from now, Verity Baptist Church was responsible for sending out some men, maybe my sons, maybe your sons, maybe some godly ladies came out of this church and married some godly men, and went out and started churches just like this one all across this nation, preaching the Word of God, standing for the Word of God. Hey, wouldn't it be amazing if 20, 30, 50 years from now, we had children or we had uh, young people from this church going out and maybe serving as missionaries in different countries and serving as missionaries in different continents and serving as missionaries. And all throughout the world, people would say, man, because of that memorial back in Sacramento, because there were some godly people that on a Sunday night with just a handful of people in church, they made some choices to stick by the things of the Word of God. And today there is a memorial because of it. And today we know that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, and it is mighty that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Here's my question for you tonight. Are you working on your memorial? So how do I get started, Pastor? You start working on that inner man, that secret man, that memorial in the middle of the river that nobody's going to see. You start working on that first. And then God will allow you to work on the memorial that all the world will see. That work that God has for you. We ought to be working on building a memorial for the glory of God. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for our church. And Lord, I pray that tonight there would be some inward work. That some of us would go home tonight get up early tomorrow morning and spend some time alone with you building a memorial a secret, a private altar that nobody sees and then Lord I ask that you'd help us to build a public memorial that every individual here that their life would be a memorial that this church would be a memorial that we would have a testimony that we would be a lighthouse to this community and this world Father, 
We love you. Thank you for our church. Thank you for everybody that's here tonight. In your precious name, I pray. Amen.